mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Don't Touch That. His scripture text to be taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 6, verses 15 through 19. Here now, Pastor Moody. I got a word this morning. I want to preach a little bit. Go to Joshua chapter 6. They had come out of Egypt. They had spent 40 years in a wilderness. And because of self-inflicted transgressions, a whole generation died in the wilderness. And now there's a new generation. Some of you young people ought to flex your muscles and say a new generation. That God has raised up that's about to step into the glory, into the promise I said, into the promise, into the promise. You see, we don't have to worry about the predicament if we can stay focused on the promise. Hallelujah. And they're about to step in, and Joshua's about to take them in. And Joshua realizes that when they go across that river, there's a fortified city waiting there by the name of Jericho. And Joshua knows that that city has to be taken but he knows that the people's biggest threat is not the soldiers because they already gave up. You can read that in the book of Joshua. Their hearts had melted. They had no strength. Even the king was surrendering. And the lady that kept the spies overnight told them, said, we know we've had it. But Joshua knew there was some things inside there that could stop them. If I can do a parallel, we've just walked out of the wilderness we call 2020. Are you hearing me? And 2020 was, you know, denotes perfect vision and we should have been able to see where we were going but all of a sudden we stepped into something called the COVID we went through a summer of riots and unrest and looting and burnings in the major cities somebody help me amen then all of a sudden we went into a political season that's been anything but civil are y'all with me we've endured propaganda we've endured the attacks of everybody from both sides are you hearing me we've watched brilliant men fail Where's that leave us? That leaves us stepping into 2021 and heading towards the promise. Come on, somebody. Heading toward the promise. So Joshua chapter 6, verse 15 said they're getting ready to take the city. They've been marching around the city of Jericho one time a day for six days. This is the seventh day. They're going to go the seven times on this day. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early Amen. About the dawning of the day, about sunrise, and can pass the city after the same matter seven times uh, that they had done before. And only on this time, this day, they went about it seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout! <laughs> uh, let me try that again. <clears throat> it came to pass... As the seventh time, when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout! Woo! I can't hear you. Shout, glory to God. That's, that's 
Pretty good for a Baptist group. Let's go on. <clears throat> for the Lord has given you the city. Touch a neighbor and say, don't worry, baby, it's mine. God said it, it's mine. What we're looking at, it's mine. The promise is ours. God said it, I believe it. It's over, can you say amen? Watch this, but the city, the thing you're looking at right ahead of you, shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord, separated to the Lord. Only Rahab, the harlot, shall live, she and all that she has in her house, because she hid our messengers, our spies that went. And you, if, and you in any wise, keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Keep yourself from it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't touch that. There's some stuff God's going to point out. He's going to say, don't touch that. We, this year in 2020, the church has been busy grabbing everything they've seen, but God was saying, don't touch that. They're going to hurt you. Don't touch that. Amen. And when you take the accursed thing, you'll make the whole country cursed. If, if we bring that mess in the church, we'll curse the church. If we bring that mess in our house, we cursed our house. All the silver and the gold, the vessels, the brass, all that stuff that appeals to you that makes you think that's what you need. They're not yours. They're consecrated to the Lord. All of that is God. I heard somebody say, well, here goes this preacher. You're going to preach on money. Now, you're not listening to me. I'm talking about Jericho. I'm talking about the first city and the first fruits. The tithe is the Lord's. If you steal it, you're in trouble. You're under a curse. That's what he's saying. If you take it, you're cursed. Amen? Worship belongs to God. If you come against it, you're cursed. Work this quiet when you talk like that. I've seen people backslide because they wouldn't, didn't want to sing the song we were singing. <laughs> is this on? Yeah, it is. Amen. The silver, the gold, the vessels, the brass, and iron, they're consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. They belong to God. I'm going to preach just a few minutes this morning on don't touch that. Parallel is they had walked out of bond, out of a wilderness, bondage, wilderness. All their father's generation had died because they blew it. Here they are, a fresh young group stepping into the God, to the promise of God, into the religious heritage passed down from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had said, I'm going to give you everything. Can you say amen? Everywhere you go, from the River Jordan all the way to the Great Sea, it's yours. From the north to the south, step on it, it's yours. I've declared, somebody needs to hear me for 2021. You're, in, you're, in, you're very intrepidly tiptoeing around the tulips, as Tiny Tim used to sing, and you're trying to be very cautious about where where you're stepping because you don't want to get on anybody's turf. You don't want to mess up anything. But God said, wherever you put your foot, wherever you step, if you're being led by the Spirit, wherever you go, I'm giving it to you. Hallelujah. But there's some stuff you need to know. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. and We'll give you praise. In the name of Jesus, somebody said, amen. When you get to this story, Joshua was this famous, fabulous, fearless man of God. The name Joshua is the Hebrew derivative of the Greek name Jesus. He would be the Savior. Moses typified the law, and Joshua typified the new covenant. 
He would be the one in typology who would bring them from under the bondage of sin, out from under the failed bondage of the law, because how many knows they failed the law in the wilderness? And now he's going to take them across Jordan, which is a type of conversion, and he's carrying them into the land of promise, which is Canaan land, listen, is not a type of heaven, it's a type of the spirit-filled experience serving God. He's taking them in. It's a land of blessing. It's a land of promise. It's a land, if you remember reading your Bible, that some 45 years earlier they had sent in spies to the land that came out with great uh, uh, bunches of grapes. Of big, I love grapes, especially in this 21-day fast. I love to have some. But they, they were carrying them on, on between poles that it took two men to carry. Pomegranates, which are normally size of a baseball bigger than a softball. Can somebody help me? They brought watermelons out of there that took two people to carry. They brought the fruit of the land. And when they came back, Joshua and Caleb came out excited. Said, man, there's cities for us to live in that we didn't build. Their storehouses are full and we didn't even have to fill them. Their crops are planted. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. They said, Soldiers, let's get ready. Let's go take it. They told Moses, it's ours. And uh, then the other 10 spies came out and said, but wait a minute. It's a land that devours the people. It's a land with giants. The children of our neck are there. And then they said, and in our own eyes, we look like grasshoppers. And so they broke the hearts of their talk of the people that were getting ready to go in. So now Joshua has the responsibility of taking them in. And they've, amen, uh, they, they, this generation didn't come through the See, their parents did. They heard the story. But now they get to the Jordan and all of a sudden the waters part. And, and the Bible said it rose up in heap and the waters backed up 15 miles all the way to a city of Adam. Are you hearing me? And the, then the waters flowed on downstream. And much like they did at the Red Sea, they walked through on dry land. When I started to read this story, I thought, you know, that uh, we are at a place today that we need to to understand we have just came out delivered from 2020 and I don't know about you but in August I got smitten with the COVID my wife did, most of my family did, I had son-in-law ended up in ICU, a daughter went to the hospital but here we stand today, they told me people your age won't make it if anybody wants to run up here and touch me, I'm flesh and blood I'm not a spirit, I'm really real I'm here, I made it, can you say amen? Come on, I made it, glory. They, they told us that the economy was gonna crumble and we'd all be bankrupt today, but look at us, we're doing all right, amen. I got a little money in my pocket today. Anybody else can shout amen about that? We have been delivered from 2020 and all the, all the things that attacked. We've watched the civil unrest, the political upheaval. I know we're still standing in it, but I'm standing in the land of promise. I've walked across. I've been delivered. Come on, somebody help me preach right there. And here we are in 2020. 21. And so Joshua knows that Jericho's right ahead of him. And he understands that, amen, that uh, they know the hearts of those people have, met, have melted. Amen. The spies have already brought them back the report of what, the, what Rahab said. And uh, all of a sudden he's standing there and he knows we're going to take them. But the biggest danger is what's inside of there. There's some things inside there that have been consecrated to God and we must not touch them. I want to say this. 
I know it was the gold, the silver, the iron, the brass, the livestock, the clothing, all the treasures would be brought to the house of God. I want to say it again. It was the first city of Canaan. It was the first fruit. After that, everything else would be theirs. But Joshua had to teach these people something. He had to make them understand that their journey into Canaan was not by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He would say later in Jeremiah. He had to make them understand. You won't survive 2021. You won't survive Canaan if you live like your parents did back in the wilderness. Oh, somebody help me. They were God's chosen people. They were anointed of God. God called them out of Egypt. God's plan was to take them to Canaan. Can I tell you, they were prophesied over that they would spoil Egypt and carry Egypt's gold out with them. And they did just that. They got in the wilderness and God gave them manna by day, water out of a rock, quail out of the sea, come on, honey out of the flinty rock. God blessed them with ever. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes never got old. Come on, somebody. But still, they did some things that God said don't do and they fell, every one of them in the wilderness. But now, here in 2021, as a pastor, I've got a challenge. I've got to point you in the direction, amen, of the hope that we have. And they said it this morning. We got to shout Jesus in the street. We got to say Jesus in our home. We got to sing Jesus. I've got to tell you, Robert Rodas, Jesus is the answer to every problem, every dilemma, every depression, every battle, every loss. I got to tell you, Jesus is the one that can bring you out and take you in to a promise that's greater than anything you've ever imagined. Give him praise if you would. Hallelujah. I want to submit to you that the dangers that we face are not the people of the land. It's what Joshua knew. Can I just haul off and say this? What we have to be concerned with is not political. Even though the storm is still raging politically. Even though, and I'll say this to the world by the internet, brilliant politicians have divided America worse than she's ever been divided before. Red states, blue states, donkeys, elephants. Dear God, shoot both of them, embrace the lamb. You'll get somewhere with God. That stuff's going on all around us. Not being offensive, I'm telling you, we've lost our focus. We've got caught up in stuff that we need to leave to the Lord. Can you say amen? God raises governments up and sets them up. I said this to somebody the other day, all the accusations about the election being taken and uh, all the accusations about what all's happened. They did the same thing back in 16. Can I get a witness? They cried the same, same noise. And if that's the case, just so in, in case it is, let's say it is. And if God anointed Donald Trump to be the president of the next four years and somebody stole that, I want to tell you, somebody said, well, what about the prophets? I want to defend the prophets. What about the prophets that have been prophesying he'd stay in another four years? People are questioning that. Let me tell you something. This book is full of prophecies that God spoke over Israel that they negated by their sin. They canceled. And all I'm going to say about that is if that's what took place, there's a judgment coming because God said, touch not my anointed. Let me go on, let me go on. 
As a pastor of over 40 years, I've watched people, precious people, saved people, fail and succumb to their own doings. I've watched them involve themselves and embrace things they should have left alone. I've watched them fail to listen to leadership. I've watched them lose focus of their goal and start looking toward the world for a purpose. I've seen them abandon holiness. I've watched people that were saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized lose their victory because they begin to focus on riches and money and wealth. Jesus came to a rich man we call the rich young ruler. And Jesus said, he, he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said, you know the commandments? He began to, to enumerate them to him. He said, I've kept all them from my youth. Then your Bible says in Matthew 10, 21, Jesus looked at him, beheld him, loved him, and said unto him, but there's one thing that you lack. Go and sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. Amen. And you shall have treasure in heaven. And then take up your cross. Lay down the riches. Take up your cross and follow me. He wasn't saying, amen, that uh, it's wrong to have money. He's saying, son, it's wrong to let the money have you. It's not wrong to want things. It's wrong to let things have you. I've asked this question several times of people. Amen. What if God were to speak to you today? What if God were to speak to your child today and tell you to sell everything you've got and go to a mission field or sell what you've got and send your child to a foreign land to a mission field? I wonder how many would do it. Hmm. Let, me, let me go on. They were at a place and Joshua want them to understand. Jesus said to his disciples after the rich young man said this, he said he went away grieved because he had great possessions. And then Jesus looked around about and said to his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of God. There's a, there's a tendency within us to embrace what we ought to let go of and not embrace what we shouldn't let go of. He was afraid of, of letting go of what he could lose and not wanting to embrace what he could never lose, which was eternal life. James said, I thought like this, I've had to realize and seen saved people oftentimes, amen, give in to their lust and to the desires of their heart. James said in chapter one, verse 13, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man with evil. But every man is tempted, amen, when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And so Joshua knew that there was enticement inside of Jericho. He knew that there was stuff there that was far more dangerous than the soldiers. He, he knew that, that they were in a treading in an area that only they had control of. I want you to get this. The devil cannot stop you if you want to serve the Lord. Demons cannot do, discourage you or derail you if you want to serve the Lord. Can I tell you, circumstances cannot stop you. Is anybody with me today? If you want to serve the Lord. But I want to tell you, there's something we got to understand. Amen. We got to be prepared for what comes ahead of us. Amen. Can I tell you, the year is behind us, 2020. We're here in 2021. And like the children of Israel, when they got across, the water started running again. It was flood time. Amen. There's no going back with somebody say amen. And uh, Joshua knew that we're in a place where we've got to go 
forward because we are the only hope, amen, of taking this land. The only hope for America is not a Democrat or a Republican. The only hope for America, amen, is a revival of Christianity in America. And I'm going to tell you, judgment starts at the house of God and we don't need to sit back and fold up and give in to the political ideas of the left or the right, but we need to stand up for Jesus and be the church in a day when the world needs to see the church. Give him praise if you would. There were some things that happened going forward after they crossed the Jordan that we need to understand before they took Jericho. As a kid, we used to sing that song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. And a great song, but there's a, there's a little bit more to it than that. First, the Bible said they came to a place called Gilgal. The name Gilgal means rolled or rolled away. And what happened was Egypt had so infected and affected their father's generation that even though God brought them out with a strong hand, they still had a slavery mentality. God led Moses and took them to Sinai and gave them commandments. Amen. While Moses was getting the commandments, they reverted back to Egypt and set up a calf and started worshiping it. He came down, broke broke the commandments, killed thousands of them, God did, and then Moses started leading them forward, giving them a law. If you follow this law, if you keep these commandments, you're going to be blessed of God. But still, when they got to Marah and the waters were bitter, they started complaining. They started saying things like, Pastor Moses, why in the world have you brought us to this place? We'd have been better off to stay in Egypt. The water here is even bad. And if and back in Egypt, we had cucumbers to eat. How many love to have a diet of cucumbers? Anybody? <laughs> I like a cucumber, but come on, not for breakfast. Hello. And we remembered that mess that we had back there to eat. We was better off back there. And Moses found a tree, cut it, and threw it in the water, and the waters became sweet. And every time a little problem rose up, that slavery mentality, that that you know, pity me mentality, that mentality that said, well, I've been a slave. I've got scars on my back. I've been in oppression, blah, 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 blah. God brought you out of that mess. I think there's a lot of people today in the body of Christ, in the, in the world today. There's a, I know there. There's a lot. I talked to them on the telephone. There's a lot of people in the church today that can't get over their past. They're all time complaining. They're all time whining about what happened yesterday. I want you to look here. My life was a mess. It was a train wreck. I was a nobody came from nowhere. Can I get a witness? Amen. I told him in the first service, I said, about three days a week growing up, I heard, boy, you'll never amount to nothing. I heard that all the time. But look at me now. It's 2021. I'm standing here saved by grace, blood washed, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I'm blessed beyond measure. Hallelujah. And I tell you, God blesses me coming in and God blesses me going out. I'm blessed in my cupboards. I got the best wife in the world. I got the best children in the world. I got the best grandchildren in the world. Well, preacher, you don't know my kid. I don't need to. I know mine. Can somebody say amen? I am blessed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Grab your wife and hug her. It's all right. I don't care if the COVID is around. Say, baby, we got it going on. Tell her right now. 
Amen, if she's there. She ain't here, send her a text. We got <laughs> Hear the word of the Lord for this that I declare to you today is a method and a way for you to move forward from where you've been stuck for so long. Hear me, says the Lord. I have brought you into a new day as you've heard in my word. I've brought you into a place where my blessings are new every morning. I've brought you into a place where that you should be able to see my glory in everything that's going on. I know the wounds of the past are real and the sorrow and the grief that many of you feel is real, but my name is glory. When you say Jesus, heaven and earth comes to your rescue. Hear me, says the Lord, for I will guide you forward, amen, in this day to a place that you might touch the world, for that's my desire, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise if you would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Joshua chapter 5, when the, it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, watch this, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were over by the sea. Now, if you understand what that means, they came from the east out of the wilderness. They went toward westward. They crossed the, the river Jordan. And then from there, all the way over to the great sea, all of that land, was what God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How many of you have ever looked at a map of Israel today, modern-day Israel? Can I tell you it's about the size of Rhode Island? If you look at Rhode Island, it's about the size of Madison County. But Israel's a little bigger than that. But what God had intended, what he said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was all of this land. And he said, when you step in it, it's yours. Well, the only problem is there's other people who have a mind to stay there, amen. But when the kings heard this, amen, that the children of Israel, amen, that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel till they were all passed over, not only Jericho, but the, all the kings of that country, your Bible says that their heart melted, neither was there any spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. They were afraid of the people of God. I want to say this. I, I believe the world's afraid of the church when she's really the church. Hence the magnificent and multitudinous efforts of 40 years to shut us up, to take prayer and Bible reading out of schools, to take commandments down off the walls, to silence the voice of the church. I've said this, I don't understand it, why when the COVID hit, they wanted to shut the church and leave the bingo parlor open. I know what it's all about. They're afraid of us. Stay with me. Well, then Joshua says, we've got to do something at Gilgal. He says, I want you all to make sharp knives and we're gonna circumcise the children of Israel the second time. The first ones failed that. Circumcision is the sign of the covenant in the Old Testament. The first group failed God, failed the covenant, failed the commandments and died. So Joshua was saying to this new group, you've got to understand, just because God did a miracle and opened up Jordan, just because I'm your leader, 
That's not enough. You've got to enter into a covenant relationship with God. I want somebody to hear me. I'm a Christian pastor. Yeah, but are you keeping covenant with God? Covenant means you do your part and God does his part. And I think that as a church, we've become seeker-friendly. I'm so happy you're here, darling. Just come on in, sit down. Bring your cheeseburgers in the sanctuary. Just come on in. Maybe we'll put in ashtrays for you so you can smoke while we're preaching. That kind of stuff goes on. Some of you look at me like, oh, no, don't say that. I'm going to say it anyway. This is the sanctuary. This is where we praise God. If you want to eat, we got a fellowship hall. Hello? Isn't that good? That's, touch your neighbor and say, that's good preaching. Praise God. Joshua's trying to tell them something. You can't just presume it's all right because you're here. We've done that. The church has embraced sin. The church has embraced living together out of wedlock. Men and women, men and men, women and women. It's all sin. Some of you like to preach on one, let the other one go. I try to get all of them. We've lost some virtues in America. I still think we ought to teach our young people, our young ladies, our young men, that virginity is to be kept until marriage. Hello? I know it's old-fashioned, but I feel like preaching in 2021. I want to tell you the Bible still says the marriage bed is undefiled. Everything else is a sin, sexually. We've, as the church, have embraced alcohol. Got no place for that in the body of Christ. The Bible said, woe to the drunkard. Well, it's all right if you drink as long as you don't get drunk. Well, the Bible said, woe to them that look at it while it's still in the glass and think about it. God said, don't touch that. That's what he told Adam and Eve in the garden. Don't touch that. You can have everything else, but don't touch that. Why do I need alcohol? Why do I need drugs? I got the Holy Ghost. I can have the Holy Ghost, but don't touch that. Well, people, preacher people think you're hard. No, I'm telling you there's a way out. It's a covenant relationship with God. They were circumcised. They rolled away the reproach of Israel. They renewed the covenant. And then they started forward. The Bible said in Joshua 5 and 10, they did something they hadn't done for a while. On the 14th day of the month, they kept the Passover. Oh, I don't know if that means to you all what it means to me, but it means that they sat down and had communion with God. It means they sat down and remembered the lamb of the Passover. They remembered the blood on the door. They remembered the unleavened bread, which represented no sin in my house. They all of a sudden they were Passover was more than just a holiday. Passover was when God came to have communion with his people. I want to tell you today, if we're going to make it in 2021, can I just get down here and preach like this and tell you that we can't do it just by getting a fix on Sunday morning and hearing somebody preach. We're going to have to have communion. We're going to have to take the cup and the bread. And more than that, we're going to have to enter into prayer. We're going to have to have some worship on Monday, some worship on Tuesday. We're going to have to have some intimacy with God when it's nobody but you and him. Because this is not about ritual and religion. This is about being in covenant with God. Hallelujah. 
Let me move on. Don't touch that. We get to Jericho. Joshua sees a problem he's got to deal with. And uh, in Joshua chapter 6, verse 10, Joshua commands the people. He got them all together. Before they start, here's what he says. You shall not shout. You shall not make any noise with your mouth. <laughs> I can say something there. I've heard people when you're talking about the Lord and they go, oh. Noise with your mouth. No, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I tell you to shout. Came to pass on the seventh day, they rose early. They went around the city seven times that day. The priests blew the trumpets, and then Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now, why did he tell them, Don't talk, don't make any noise, walk silently around that city? Listen, they walked silently around the city of Jericho, which was a real task, and they did it for 13 days, or 13 times. One time a day, six days, then the sixth time uh, on, the, on the seventh day. Amen, that made 12 times, and they marched around it 12 times. Amen, the 13th time they'd get to shout after it was over. But he said, you don't talk, you don't make a noise, you don't grunt, you don't, you don't exhibit any joy, you don't, you don't get to do anything until I tell you to shout. And, and I've thought about this, wonder why Joshua told them that. Because Joshua was old enough to remember the mumbling and the complaining and the negative talk that caused fear, that caused the people to rebel and not go into the land of Canaan the first time. And Joshua said, I'm not listening to that mess so he was telling them, just zip it up and don't you shout till I tell you to shout. Don't you dare look at your neighbor while we're walking around and saying it's too hot today to be walking. What in the world are they trying to do to us, making us walk all the way around this city? Don't they know that that bunch has got arrows up there and they could shoot at us? I mean, that's just how people are. Can somebody say amen? I've been in this for 40 years and I've said, let's have revival. And they said, we can't because the kids have to get up and go to school the next morning. So and we used to have revivals, went two weeks, four weeks, Weeks, six weeks. Now everybody has three days, calls it a conference. Can you say amen? Revival is a move, a sovereign move of God. Revival doesn't come where there's complaining and grumbling. Revival doesn't come because you're complaining about the music. People say, I don't like the new stuff. Another bunch saying, I don't like the old stuff. I'm saying, I don't like neither one of them. I like a move of God. I like it when the anointing hits. I like it when you walk in and as soon as it starts, you feel that kind of wave over. Did anybody feel that this morning? When this service started, as soon as it started, I felt something right up over me. I thought, oh, glory. Here we go. It's going to be easier today. Are you hearing me? There's something about the presence of God. And Joshua is trying to stop the negativity. Listen, folks. We've all complained enough in 2020. Let me just say amen to that. Sister Moody complained enough in 2020. She said guilty. Brother Moody complained enough in 2020. Guilty. Now I'm in the promise now. Now Joshua, as I told you, is a Hebrew derivative of the Greek Jesus. I can see my Savior now. I can see where he's guiding me. I know what he's doing. I don't know what's going on out there, but I know what's going on in here. Come on, somebody and help me. And I ain't got time to sit around and, you know, after church is over and go home and say, well, I, just, I didn't care much for that. And 
Nick's just got to do better. We're not going to get a younger preacher. I mean, you know, one guy, I heard, I heard this the other day, one of Bill Gaither's things, you know, and this guy was up talking. He was a smart aleck. I thought he was funny till he said this. He said, long-winded preachers never die. They just go on and on and on. <laughs> he was a smart aleck. I'm here to tell you that Joshua was in control. And he said, I'm going to control this environment. Let me tell you something, honey. Let me, let me just talk to you for a minute. You've came through a rough couple of years. I mean, I know the stuff that's happened. I know about the sickness with your son. I know about all that's happened to your family. But I want to tell you something. You can control the environment. Every morning can be a old me or every morning can be a, can be a glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on. Every morning can be a, I don't know if I'm going to make it tonight. Or every morning can be jump up in the middle of the bed with both feet and say, bring it. Me and Jesus got this. I can control my environment. I was in, in this church one time and I was back there in my office and, and it was service time. This was some years ago and, and this lady come, or a person come to the door and said, you've got to come to the sanctuary. I said, I ain't ready. They said, you don't understand. So there's a woman in the sanctuary and said, she's cussing. I said, what? They said, she's mad at somebody and said, she's cussing. What do you want us to do? I said, nothing. I'll deal with that. I walked into the sanctuary and she was, she was red-faced. Man, she was just letting somebody have it. And I, I just walked over beside her and sat down beside her and put my arm around her. She raised her head around and looked at me real mean. I said, how are we doing today? Not good. She started, I said, it's not my fault. I said, it's certainly not the Lord's fault. And it's certainly not the church's fault. I said, I got something to help you today. But if you're going to keep cussing in here, me and you're going to have to take it outside. And I'm going to escort you to your car. Mm. All of a sudden, her whole demeanor changed. She said, but you don't understand what this person's done to me. And I said, I don't need to. I said, Jesus can fix it for you, and he can fix it for him. And you know what happened before that service was over? She was in that altar on her face before God. Joshua said, I've got to control the environment. Let me, let me hurry, let me hurry. So all of a sudden, silence before the shout. Listen, can I tell you this? We will never get to the shout if we don't stop the talk. If you got a problem, take it to Jesus. If he don't answer, bring it to me. Don't spread it all over the church. Let me go on. Let me go on. So finally they get there and Joshua says, now look, we're going into that, into that place. We're going to take this city. But there's some stuff in there that belongs to God and you can't touch it. And it's gold and silver and fancy clothes. It's not that God doesn't want you to have it, but it's the first fruit. The first city, the first fruit. It belongs to God. That's why Malachi said, will a man rob God? Bring the tithe, the first fruit, the tithe, the tenth. God told Israel back in Leviticus, he said, everything, everything you raise of the fruit of the field, even fruit trees, all the money you make, all of it, the first tenth belongs to God. He said, if you touch it, you'll, you'll be cursed. 
people have argued over tithes for years. Paul said, on the first day of the week, bring it to the storehouse. There's to be meat in my house. And people ask me, do you have to tithe to go to heaven? No. You have to be saved to go to heaven. But you have to tithe to be blessed. And blessing is not all money. Malachi said, if you tithe God, there's seven blessings. You'll turn to Malachi chapter three and read them. He'll rebuke the devourer. He won't let the leaf of your field wither. That means the fruit of your offspring. He, he won't let nothing come in and devour what you've got. He, he'll, you'll walk in health. Even everybody around you will rise up and call you blessed. That's blessing. Can you say amen? So he says, don't touch the sanctified things. In Daniel's day, there was, there was a man by the name of Belshazzar. He was a king of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar, God sent Nebuchadnezzar to conquer Israel because of their rebellion. They were carried off captivity. They took the, the sacred things out of the temple. They brought them to Babylon. They put them in the treasury. Daniel and, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Israel fared pretty well there in Babylon. And then uh, when Nebuchadnezzar died, Belshazzar rose up in his stead, which was his son. And your Bible says that one day he had a thousand of his leadership come in. They had a party. They all got drunk. They was drinking wine. He got feeling pretty tipsy. And he sent to the, said, go to the treasury and bring the sanctified vessels that were brought out of the house of God. Bring them here. And your Bible says that they drunk wine in them. And when they did, all of a sudden there was a hand that began to appear and wrote on the wall. Amen. And what the, what the writing was was, Mene, Mene, Tekel, you far sin and, and that was words that, that, that simply meant amen uh, uh, the, uh, the words meant that this is interpretation you've been TKL was you've weighed in the balances been found wanting amen many means God has numbered your days TKL means you're, you're going to die many does TKL you've been you've come up short Perez means your kingdom's divided and the Bible said in Daniel chapter 5 in verse number 30 that night Belshazzar got killed because he touched the sacred things. The Bible said there was a time when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. David was attempting it, Second Samuel. It came to Nacon's threshing floor in Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 6. One of the people that was transported, they hit a bump and the Ark looked like it was going to fall and use. I wrenched up and touched it to steady it. Amen, not that he was doing anything wrong, but he touched something sanctified and he presumed that it was all right and he wasn't right. And God killed him right then. I want, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you that there are some things in this world that hinder our walk with God. Amen, let me go on. And God said, you don't touch those things. You, you don't touch sacred things. You don't come against worship. You don't come against the preaching of the word of God. You don't come against, amen, living a holy life. You don't touch the tithe. You don't come against it. And then one of the things he said, you don't come against my anointed. I touched on that briefly. But in Psalms 105, amen, we gotta honor the word. He said, talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he suffered no man to do them wrong. And he provided king for their sakes and he said touch not my anointed don't touch those that were anointed to be leaders but also don't do any of the prophets any harm so we find that prophets and priests and presidents and kings and leaders people in authority that God has set up you better listen to them and pray for them and leave them alone can you say amen let me conclude as Nick comes to music after all that your Bible says in Joshua 7 and 1, the children of Israel committed a trespass in the thing that God told them not to. Because Achan 
the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the scripture said there was another city now named Ai, a little old place, not well fortified, not like Jericho. And the men of war, the captains, came to Joshua and said, they don't need to send up the whole army. Just send two or 3,000. We'll go take this place. It's nothing. They didn't know what Achan had done. They didn't know what was going on spiritually in the camp. And the Bible said when they went to fight Ai, the men of Ai came out against them and defeated them and killed 36 of them. And they ran. And the people's hearts melted and became as water. It goes on to relate that Joshua fell on his face, laid on the ground all day, said, God, why? Why have you made us? You brought into this land. Now we're getting defeated and everyone's going to come against us. Why have you done that? And God looks at Joshua. I think like he looks at us sometimes, Brian, in our dilemmas and our mess and our failures and our trouble. I've had trouble in 2020. One son, son-in-law had a stroke, two strokes. Other son-in-law had a heart, major heart episode. My wife's had issues in 2020. I've had issues health-wise in 2020. And we want to lay on the ground sometime and holler, why, God, why? Why is not important. What's important is what, God, what do we do now? So God looked at him and said, what are you doing laying in the dirt? <laughs> I'm just glad God's got a sense of humor. God had been hearing him. Get up. There's sin in the camp. Go deal with it. I've cursed you because of sin. And watch this. I'm not going to bless you anymore until you deal with it. So he calls all the tribes. Then he selects the family. And then he selects the household. And then he brings Achan before him. And he said, give glory to God. Let me translate that. You better not lie because God's listening. What have you done? Achan probably thought, well, it ain't that bad. You know, he said, we, when we took Jericho, I, I found a, some clothes I really liked, a Babylonian garment that was, I've never seen before. I found a wedge of gold. Oh, man, I'll get me a head start on everybody else. And I scooped up some silver. What he don't understand, that's God's. It's cursed for you but it's to go to the house of God. Can I say that again? If we're not faithful to God, we can do stuff, it's okay, but it's not all right with God. I'm not a hard preacher. I don't preach to bring people in line or to get on their toes. I preach to, I preach to bring people to a place where they can walk in favor and in blessing. Nothing in that world that will help you like Jesus will help you. It's all right. Young ladies, there's not a man out there you need more than you need Jesus. Young men, there's not a woman out there you need more than you need Jesus. And come on, there's not finances out there you need more than you need Jesus. I wish somebody would help me. I loved it when they sang it. This one, I need to shout it, sing it, preach it, tell it. Amen, it's Jesus, Brittany. It's Jesus or nothing. Somebody asked me one time, said, are you Jesus only? I said, no, I'm only Jesus. 
I believe in the Trinity, but I believe only Jesus can get me to the Father and to the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? So God's brought us to this place and Achan said, I took it and Joshua said, you've cursed the people. 36 men died because of you, son. So they took him out to the Valley of Achor. Not only him, but they took his children, his sons, his daughters. I said this morning, if you notice, his wife didn't go. She wasn't of his bloodline. She was married to him, submissive to him. He did it. He made the decision. Men, the head of the household is responsible. You need to be a Christian dad. You don't need to give in to the whims of your wife or your children. Don't know you ladies get upset. I didn't say he needs to abuse you, neglect you, or run roughshod over you. But if he's a godly leader, you need to follow him. Oh, I love the way you're shouting. It's truth. And love of God didn't make you the boss. He made you the leader. It's a different thing. He took his sons, his daughters, his livestock, his possessions, everything he had, and they stoned him to death, and they burned them all up, and they piled up a heap of stones over him. Amen. As a memorial to what happens when you touch what God says don't touch. Don't touch that. Where's that leave us, preacher? We're standing in 2021. Stand with me if you would. We've crossed over. We've come out. Right now, we're standing on the brink. We're standing in the middle of today and on the brink of tomorrow. I mean, what's ahead of us is glorious. I don't have to prophesy to tell you that God said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not evil to bring you to an expected end. I don't have to prophesy to tell you that God has planned blessings and favor and health and riches and goodness, amen, all through 2020. That's the Word of God. I have to tell you there's some stuff along the way you better not touch it I've watched people for years 40 years of pastoring sell out for something that wasn't worth it can I digress and just share just a little snippet some years ago one morning early I was sitting at my kitchen table minding my own business and drinking my coffee all of a sudden the Holy Ghost moved on me and he showed me a person in their house and I knew who they were he said get up and go there I said alright Lord I got up I got finished getting myself together and I got in my truck and I tore out to their house on the way there God said I have a word for you to deliver to the man of the house I said I'll do it Lord and then he said it's not pleasant but it's my word. I said, I'll deliver it. I went to the house. God worked it out. The man was alone, sitting at the kitchen table. Come in, pastor, he said, part of the church. I walked in. He said, sit down. I said, I said, give you a cup of coffee. I said, I will not drink coffee till I tell you why I've come. I'm on a mission from God. He said, he's come down, looked at me and said, what are you talking about? I said, the Lord told me to tell you driving down here, nobody said nothing, I know nothing. I don't even know what it's about. 
But God told me to tell you that the avenue you're starting down is going to destroy your life. It's going to cost you your wife and your children. It's going to cost you everything you hold dear. And the Lord said, turn around and come back to me. His face turned red, his fist clenched. He stood up and he said, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, I just told you that, but he does. He does. I told him I loved him, hugged him, turned around and walked out the door. And in short order, the affair he was having cost him his wife and his children. God knows what's going on. There's some stuff you can't touch. I want to say this to every married couple. There may be times that you don't love each other as much as you used to. Sometimes love gets paper thin. Amen? But commitment holds on. And love has a way of coming back and getting stronger. And compassion grows. And passion gets stronger. Desire can return. But not if you touch something you're not supposed to. Every time you get in that low place, there's going to be something that's going to bat its eyes at you say something that you've been wanting to hear from the one you should have heard it from. Don't touch that. It's just alright. I'm talking about 2021. Don't touch that. Amen. I have for 42 years listened to a voice when everything in me wanted to grab it I've heard him say don't do that. Don't go that way. Don't touch that. Don't participate. That's not for you come out of it and today I'm standing here prophesying saying to somebody get ready for your best year ever because we've stepped into the land of his promise amen father I thank you today for those who are here that have heard this word I thank you for those who've watched it by internet those who will hear it on the radio and see it by other means I speak it to the nations of the world I speak it to Africa Central and South America, to Asia, to Europe. I speak it, dear God, to America. I speak it to our state, our county, and our city. Don't touch that. Follow on to know the Lord. Embrace holiness. Embrace Jesus. Turn away from carnality and selfishness. Don't be persuaded by the propaganda of either side of the political arena. But follow Jesus, and you will make your way prosperous. 2020, Second Chronicles 20 and 20 said, if we'll hear his prophets and listen to his commands, we'll, prof- we'll prosper and do well. But now we're in 2021 and that word holds true. Follow on to know God. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. I want to ask the question. Is there anybody here that will say, Pastor, God brought me out of 2020, but I suffered, suffered some casualties. Maybe some people you love fell by the wayside. Maybe some people didn't make it. Maybe some went on to heaven. And you're standing here at the beginning of a new year. You're thinking, what am I going to do? How many would raise your hand and say, I'm committed to following Jesus. I'm committed to being guided by the Spirit. Just raise your hand up. But today, I'm committed. I'm not going to fall out there in that wilderness like that other generation did. But I'm going on for God. Oh, I'm encouraged. I'm seeing the young, the old, the middle-aged. Everybody's got their hands up. How about you? Are you committed? I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going all the way in this land of Canaan. I want you to look at me. I want Nick to sing that song. First of all, I want to say this. 
We hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.